Hey everyone, it's Rich. Any Pinterest fans out there? I recently attended the Utah Pinners Conference and Expo. If you've never heard of it, well, let me tell you, it's quite a unique experience. 35,000 plus people filled up a convention center over a two-day period. And why? Well, to get inspired. According to Pinners organizers, it's a place where creative enthusiasts, DIY aficionados, and expert makers meet. In all, it's 20 hours of shopping, instructional classes, and captivating demonstrations. A paradise for those seeking to unlock their creative potential. And you know what else Pinners is? It's a place where tens of thousands of strangers are sharing their personal data. For about an hour, I walked the expo floor. What did I see? I saw people handing over phone numbers and email addresses to enter giveaways. In one case, a sweepstakes even required a physical address. Beyond that, it was nonstop payment transactions. Apple Pay, credit, and debit cards. Maybe even crypto. <laughs> and a few still paying the old school way. With cash. And when I say nonstop, there were so many electronic payment transactions taking place that at one point, I couldn't even use my phone to send a text message. I would say the majority of the 400 or so vendors exhibiting at Pinners were small businesses. And hey, in the United States, small businesses account for nearly half of all economic activity. I support it all the way. However, small businesses don't have giant security and compliance teams. In other words, they're more susceptible to cyber attacks. In fact, in a digital.com survey from March 2022, 51% of small businesses reported having absolutely no cybersecurity measures in place. Pretty scary. On day one at Pinners, I led a privacy class. When I asked people what motivated them to attend, one lady raised her hand and said, my baby monitoring system was hacked. I asked her how she found out. Her reply, I heard a man's voice coming through the speaker. Over the course of two days, I spoke to many attendees about their views on privacy. They were hard-working Americans trying to live their best lives in a digital world. Some of them had their own stories to tell, and it was typically why they became interested in privacy. One thing was clear. Most were concerned about privacy, but they just didn't know where to start. It always seems to come back to the privacy knowledge gap I often speak about. Back at the Anonymy Labs booth, I sat down with a few Pinners attendees and a handful of Anonymy Labs employees in both cases, to talk about personal views on privacy. You will find those discussions in this episode. Real conversations with real people, thinking out loud about how we can help the general public better understand its risk exposures in a digitally dominant world and become more private. Enjoy this bonus episode. You're listening to Privacy Files. This episode is brought to you by Anonymy Labs, makers of MySudo, the world's only all-in-one privacy app. And Sudo Platform, the cloud-based platform companies turn to for seamlessly integrating privacy solutions into their software. And please check out our newest offering, MySudo VPN, now available in the App Store and Play Store, a consumer VPN that is actually private. Brian, welcome. We are not in the studio today. And no, we're not. By the uh, sound of that background noise, we're remote. Where are we, Brian? 
Yeah, the Utah Pinners Conference. We have thousands and thousands of people here, entrepreneurs, people shopping for Christmas gifts and craft kits. Very exciting environment. The economy is strong and we are loving all of the people focused on privacy. The parking. The parking was a nightmare. I probably walked a mile just to get in here. I can't believe it. People were here long before it started. But why are we here? We're a privacy company, right, Brian? <laughs> oh, yeah. So you wouldn't think privacy and pinners, but we are spreading the good word. All these people have a very large social online influence and are purchasing many, many products from many different vendors, giving away their emails today. And so I feel like it is a great place. We're getting a lot of people interested in being able to not give out their personal data today when they're shopping or if they're just trying to be more conscious about organizing their Christmas gifts, their emails, the, the vendors that they enjoy versus the vendors that they're just trying to get a free sample from. Yeah, and we're on the main aisle. We're literally just got one booth in between us and the Pinterest booth. Never nice thought spot. I, never thought I would Who'd be... Who do you have to pay off to get this spot? <laughs> we did some stuff behind the scenes to, to get this. But yeah, I mean, this, this show was literally booked probably six, seven months before today. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's popular. I think it started actually here in Utah. And now it's there, there's a pinners in Texas and several other states. So it, it's quite a deal. We did a privacy class uh, last night. So Yeah, how'd I, that go? Yeah, I spoke to a room of... It was, it was probably around a few dozen people, I would say. It was at 5 p.m., not the greatest time slot. But, but the one thing that I really did like was everybody stayed till the end, and the feedback was good, and they were very interested. You know, that's, And it's hard, too, because the theme here, obviously, is not about technology and privacy. It's crafts and building things, and, and that's so... But the, the goal really is to reach out to a wider audience of people to close that knowledge gap. There's so many people that don't understand just some of the basics, and it's not really their fault. It's just, it's kind of designed that way, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I think today the main theme should be all about education, is people are coming up and really just finding value and learning about privacy. And we're able to share kind of the reasoning why you want to protect your personal information and really kind of spread that good news. And we've got a lot of people pretty excited about just being able to feel empowered to protect their data now, where before they didn't necessarily feel like there was an option for them. Yeah, I did a quick poll during the, uh, the privacy class that we did last night. You know, about a third of the room, I think, was using a VPN. That's yeah, decent. It's decent. There was a few less, I guess, were using password managers. Uh, and then nobody had heard of a virtual card before. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of what you would expect. Um, there was one lady, she brought up a little anecdotal story that the reason she was in the room was because her baby monitor was hacked into. And I asked oh. her, I said, so how did you find out? And she said, because a stranger started talking through it. That is terrifying. That is terrifying. The whole room went, went silent, right? Um, oh, man. Yeah, there, a, a few people had some stories to tell. Of course, a, a lot of people said that their accounts had been hacked. Mm -hmm. And there were some that were just curious. A lot of people just don't know where to start. It's, it, it, there's, there's so much. And I, I told them when we started, 
it could have made the presentation 10 hours. There's there's literally that much to talk about. But the most important thing, I think, with a wider audience like this is just to start from somewhere. Just give them something to, to sink their teeth into and not overwhelm them. But yeah, I think, unfortunately, I think a few people walked out a little scared. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 100%. So what have, what have you been learning? I know you, you spent, the, this is day two, right? This is a two-day event. You spent the, some time yesterday walking around the floor because you're coming from the product development and UI, UX standpoint. Yeah. What did you yeah. learn? Yeah, I, so to prepare for the event, I prepped some prototypes that are much more educational focused, a lot more approachable than our current version of our app. Um, kind of geared towards this larger audience with a different aesthetic, a lot more education up front in the app. And I think people were really enjoying that as you see them click through and what they want to click on in the app, their first impressions, almost everybody went straight to this concept of a privacy health check, where we would have a few questions gauging their privacy and giving them an overall score, you know, A plus to F on how well, they're actually protecting their privacy. And it really is enlightening in the fact that people are wanting the education. They want it in a nice, quick format, and they want to start building their privacy network. They're interested, but feel like there's such a chasm between being protected and not. And so for me, yeah, I just, coming back to the word again, the education is just really, really standing out to me. And, and people want it. And just to be clear, you, you're, you're talking about MySudo. So Correct, you were, yes. So you, yep. were, you we were here at the booth. I think you you may have walked the floor a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah. I've been walking the floor, people looking at the shirts, listening in, and, and you know, we can lean in and say, hey, don't get out your email. Make sure you use a, a private one. Keep everything organized and safe. And uh, pulling out my own version of MySudo, I think is just the best way to show someone because they can see my shopping pseudo, which I have all nine, so I organize the different portions of my life. But showing them how many emails, I think I have about 4,000 plus emails in my shopping pseudo. And I tell them, you know, I never even have to look in here, but even if I wanted to, I could search it and it stays completely away from my personal. They're like, oh my gosh, that's great because nothing gets caught by my junk folder any day, you know, (laughs) and I spend their first 20 minutes every morning clearing out their inbox. And so I think that's a very approachable use case that people can attach onto. And then they start realizing like, oh, wait a second. So organizing leads to being more private, which means a better experience using the internet. And hopefully they get a, a sense of empowerment while using my pseudo. Yeah, when I when we started the privacy class last night, I asked a series of questions, and one of those questions was just as a baseline to kind of get a feel for what the room, kind of the different knowledge that was in that room. I asked how many people have been using the same phone number and email address for one year, five years, ten years. There was a lady in there who had been using the same one for fifteen. Ooh. Yeah, and it so gives it, you some sense. I'm sorry. Was that an AOL? <laughs> I didn't get into details on that, but yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. But the question continued to come up about people were asking more about compartmentalization to understand what that means. And and they were generally interested in, okay, so what can I do at this current stage to be more proactive to break that Mm -hmm. data trail linking back to my personal identity? 
and I mentioned decentralized identities coming around the corner. I mean, that could change the game, getting rid of passwords and really eliminating the whole, basically kind of the way we operate today to log into all of our accounts. But it's encouraging to hear, even in an event like this where the theme has nothing to do with tech and privacy or anything remotely related to that, even at a time slot like 5 p.m., you could get a few dozen people to show up and listen to, to that kind of a story. So it's encouraging. I just, it's, it's really about getting the word out there and it's a, it's a lot of effort. Yeah. Yeah. What else did you learn? So you were asking a series of questions of people just to kind of get their feel for it. I, one of the questions I think you were asking them was just about their perceptions on privacy, right? Yeah, exactly. So we had a quick three question survey. The first one was one through seven. How would you rate your overall attitude towards privacy? And almost everybody is like, oh, I am so concerned. Everyone either does like a six or seven on the scale. And the follow-up question next is, how active are you in protecting your privacy online? And you slowly see them shifting to the left side (laughs) of the scale. The threes and the fours start coming out where they know that they care about it, but that actually getting action and doing it, I, I love to use this metaphor of taking your vitamins. It's a very similar feeling that to be constantly keeping up on your privacy online, you're feeling like you're having to take your vitamins every day. And so hopefully we can make this an experience that where you're, you know, where the Flintstone chewable gummies that you look forward to instead of your chalky grandma vitamins, <laughs> but which a lot of the privacy world will stomach those to keep themselves safe. But And then our last question was, how open are you to using tools to help you in your privacy journey? And you see a a lot of people go back towards the scale of, yes, I want to find these tools. So the want is there. The action is hard. I think everybody would agree that it's hard to protect privacy. All the companies are building their products online to suck you in and make it as easy and convenient as possible to give you their data so they can add it to the revenue stream. So it's taking a step back in in protecting yourself. And I think if we continue to push my pseudo in a direction to be as easy and fun and exciting and educational, that a lot of more people are going to be able to protect mm-hmm. themselves online. and really feel empowered and when you say six or seven your scale the max on the scale was a seven correct yep yeah a lot of of people were on that max bottom scale one yeah it's interesting too because talking to people in the privacy class we talked about you know you said the convenience thing we we talked about smart speakers with smart devices in general roombas the ring doorbell camera and everybody, of course, understands the convenience and they like that. And that's how they try to sell it to you. But they make sure they kind of cover up all of the, the problems because those are attack vectors. There was one lady in the, the privacy class who she had a, I think it was her mother, had a ring doorbell camera, but it was also networked into cameras inside her home. And so, you know, we've talked about stories about law enforcement now not even needing a warrant to access that camera footage. But now if it's tied into your security cameras inside your house, does that mean that's accessible? So again, it's, you know, you got to weigh the cost benefit. You really want that kind of technology in your home 
if that you don't even have a Fourth Amendment right. Somebody can just come along and say, oh, I got access to this. Too bad. I got live footage. Like in San Francisco, yeah. they passed an ordinance that says the police can just look at the live footage for your ring camera. Yeah. It's all theirs. Yeah. That, that's a little upsetting. Yeah, I think that the takeaway was I just, I wanted people to understand that if you have a smart device, if it's connected to the internet, that is an attack vector. And just be aware of it. You don't have to be, don't have to live like in a paranoid state, but just ask yourself how important is it? Like there was a lady in there that said she had a smart oven. And I asked her, well, how, what do you use that for? She says, well, I, I preheat the oven using my phone before I get home from work. And I'm like, I guess that's a time saver, but it's it's connected to the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this might be a little bit of a uh, foreshadowing for our future episode together, but there's a report that Mozilla released about privacy in cars and how if your car is connected to the internet, you are giving everything away. Everything's being collected, and that's your car. So is your oven listening to you? Yep. Is your microwave, all of these things, your security camera, not just the dot. A lot of people know that, oh, I have a Google or Amazon voice assistant in my house. I should be careful around that because it's known that it has privacy issues. But you don't really think about with your thermostat, your smart connected oven, all of that kind of stuff. It, it kind of gets lost in translation as it gets farther and farther removed from kind of your daily life and communicating with it. Yeah, one more thing on the smart speakers. There's a belief that Google and Amazon are basically selling these devices at cost and they try to sell additional services. That's where they think the profit is, but it hasn't been panning out. And so the thinking is just like any big tech company, if you can't make money off of the actual product, what are they gonna start doing? They're gonna start selling your data. And those smart speakers are just going 24 seven. Right, just picking up your conversations, just like your phone. Right? I mean, I've heard people tell the stories all the time about getting an advertisement after they talked about something and they were like, I didn't search for it. Was my phone listening? Mm-hmm. It's a big subject. I think the way we approached it, it was easy for people to digest. And we just need to do more of this. It's just, it's an awareness campaign, essentially. But with that said, hope you're going to get more good information doing the Intel thing, you know, trying yeah. to grab feedback from people. And as we move into that more, widespread market but we kind of skipped this part because you've been on the podcast many times you talked about how we're going to do the cars and privacy in the upcoming episode but what is it exactly that you do at anonymy labs i think that'd be helpful for people to know yeah so i'm actually one of the senior customer experience designers at anonymy i'm in the product team and a lot of the times i'm building prototypes and the new designs how i like to explain a user experience designer or customer experience designer is How an architect works on a project for building a building, that is my role at Anatomy. I'm the one that builds the blueprints, gets the feedback from the customers, and then hands off those blueprints to the development team to take it from there and actually build the app. And then we'll iterate on our designs that we've implemented in the app, take that understanding and build a better experience going forward. Yeah, that's great. That's going to come in handy here as we continue to move out of that extreme privacy space and and reach a a wider audience, hopefully around the world. It's much needed. My goal is to make privacy fun, interactive, easy to use. 
just like all of the other apps that kind of get your attention. We could do the same thing with privacy, make it fun. Yep, that is what it's about. That's a great way to, I think, reach people and just break down the barriers. Scaring people doesn't work and it's it's not necessary anyway, right? Just have, exactly. have a good time with it, have a laugh. And at the same time, hopefully you've helped people kind of ratchet up a little bit more and just to be more private and protecting their, their personal data and just living life the way you should, right? Exactly. It's your data, own it. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate your time, Brian, and uh, hopefully you have a good show. We've got many, many more hours to go. Yeah, enjoy your, your Pinterest. <laughs> and we look forward to uh, actually you coming on the podcast during this upcoming episode. Love it. Thanks, Rich. And we've got somebody <laughs> off of the Pinner's floor. Your name? I'm Amanda. Amanda, good to meet you. And so far, first of all, how do you think uh, the show's going? Do you like it? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. There are so many people here and so many crafts. I have spent all my money. You're broke. <laughs> yes. And is this is this your first Pinners or you've been here before? It's my first. Yeah, and I, and you're a local? I am. Yeah. The traffic was insane. I know. Oh, wow. It's pretty crazy. So, you know, I was talking to uh, a Brian before this and we have been privacy class last night. It's so encouraging to hear a more of a mainstream audience really thinking about how to protect their data. And so I guess the question I would have for you is, you know, what is your relationship to technology? I mean, have you changed over time? Have you been kind of a cognizant about privacy issues? Or, I mean, just maybe give me a little background about that. Um, I would say I've become more aware as I've gotten older. Like in my high school and college years, I was probably far too loose with my data and photos and just not thinking about who was able to access things. Not that like anything crazy got shared, thank goodness, but it just didn't even cross my mind what kind of strangers might have my stuff until I was an adult and started thinking about it more and getting into the professional world. So Yeah, there's definitely a safety connection too. It's like, we're here, this is, I don't know, it's like at least 90% female, I guess, in the Pinners Conference based on their official demographic stats. And that is an audience that trying to figure out what is the right approach in terms of messaging yeah. uh, to that audience. And I wonder what resonates with you the most is, you know, maybe connecting that safety message with the data protection side, because it, it, true crime is heavily listened to by a, a female audience. It's the number one genre on podcasting. So I just, yeah, I'm curious yeah. what your input would be on that. I think there's definitely a safety component to it. I mean, especially as a female, even in a, you know a state like Utah, which is fairly safe. I mean, I'll just give you an example of like on an everyday thing that I think about from a safety perspective and my information is like if I'm Ubering to my house, I'll set the Uber address for a couple houses down just because like even though Uber, they might have, I'm sure they vetted their drivers, but it's just like an extra added piece where like I don't want someone to have my home address and know that like that's the exact house that I live in. So, and I think it's like, that's just one example of all the information that we're giving out every single day and the safety component to it, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's smart because your yeah. your SIM, we talk about this all the time, that your SIM-based cell number is kind of like a social security number now. Yeah. And so I, if I have that and I take some time, I can find out where you live, where you've lived before, a lot of things about your life. And so I used the, in the privacy class, I used the example of dating. When you're still vetting somebody out in those early stages of dating, you don't really know about them, who they are, whatever, their yeah. tendencies. 
it's best to give them a different phone number because if <laughs> yes. it doesn't go well, yeah. you don't want them to know where you live. So you just, you have to be thinking ahead when it comes to data privacy. Yeah. What about, so I think before we started recording, you are, I guess, in real estate? I am, yes. And you have some stories in kind of related <laughs> data protection. Yeah. So I'm probably, I don't know if villain is the right word, but I work in commercial real estate. And what we do a lot of the times is we're not just looking at properties that are listed online for sale or for lease, but we're on behalf of our clients trying to get a hold of property owners. They might not have a for lease sign in the window of the building, but if I think it fits my client's needs, I need to figure out who owns the building. And through the internet and a number of different services, I can typically, once I get somebody's name and whoever's attached to like the ownership entity of the property, I can use that to, if people are loose with their data, I can pretty much figure out anything about them. And so whether it's where they live, their personal phone numbers or their children's phone numbers, and then I'll get their kids to give me their phone numbers. So that includes who owns the property, yeah, who owns it and how long they've owned it, Who it's multiple people who own it. Is most of that accessible through free sources or are you also combining that with paid services? Uh, it's a mixture um, and it, it depends. Some people are have done a good job of not sharing their information online. And so you might get a P.O. box or whatever and you just have to mail them a letter and hope that they are interested in talking with you about leasing or selling their property and then they'll contact you. But if they've got a Facebook, a LinkedIn, an Instagram, or if they've submitted something online or anything like that, you can usually find a phone number or an email or figure out where their place of work is and then call them. Yeah. So It's all about minimizing that digital footprint. I think yeah. that's the, so many people today, they feel like it's too late. They say, I, I hear this all the time. Oh, I'm already out there. It's all, it's, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. So why even try? Yeah. So there's a lot of defeatist attitudes. Yeah, that may be true. And part of it is sometimes people, occasionally people will get upset when I call and they're like, well, how did you get my information? It's like, well, this is information that like you at one point in time posted online. And so it's it's available to me and everybody else in the world. And so it's it's not something that people are even like I'm not hacking into anything to get your info. But if you share your phone number online, it, it may be going on sharing past the point where whatever original purpose you were putting it on there was for. So. Yeah. And here we are sitting in the expo floor at Pinners, Utah. And I guess the theme here beyond just the fact that it's crafting and building things and the arts is people are shopping, which you typically don't see on a kind of a business to business trade show side of things. It's kind of taboo usually to actually you know, make contracts and sell things at the show floor. But here, people are buying clothes and craft items and kits and food and everything. And so there's all these opportunities to be exchanging your information with, in many cases, these are small businesses. Totally. Yeah. In many cases, maybe they're just like one person, a sole proprietorship or something. And so do you know what they're doing with that information, right? You just, you kind of trust people. And then there's giveaways There's sweepstakes going on. It's like, oh, here's my email. Yeah. Here's my phone number. And a lot of people have been using those same emails and phone numbers for years. Yeah. 
<laughs> yep. I'm probably one of those people. <laughs> and, um, the, and the longer you do that, the more information is attached to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting to think about, too, like even if the vendors themselves aren't malicious in any way and are trying to keep your information safe, it's like they're small businesses. So maybe they don't have the security foundation themselves to protect your data. It's just kind of on their own personal phones or on their own personal work emails. So, Yeah, I worked for a previous company where the accounting department would sometimes write down credit card numbers on sticky notes and then just attach them to their monitor. (laughs) That's terrible. Yeah. So, and again, that's more of a a company, you know, like there's an office building and people go in, but this is a lot, a lot of people here just, just independent family owned businesses. And you wonder what kind of protocols are they following when you're providing credit card information and phone numbers and email addresses for, for giveaways and signing up for totally. newsletters, whatever it might be. Yeah. It's the first party relationships that I'm okay with. A lot of people shop on Amazon. I'm sure mm-hmm. you do. Yes. I do. But you sometimes you wonder, does that information end up somewhere else? Is it getting sold? And then that's kind of where I draw the line. It's like, oh, I didn't really consent to that. Maybe I did somewhere in some legalese, but yeah, where is it going? I don't remember what documentary came out, but isn't it, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, and your that, information's the product. That's right. They're so. selling. Yeah, that's why the social media is free. Yep. Selling your data. Yep. What about, I guess, how you behave, I guess, in your personal life? I mean, everybody's got smartphones, but have you signed up for any kind of a smart device at home yet smart refrigerators oh. <laughs> ovens uh no because i don't want i don't want things listening to me <laughs> um, i don't have instagram or any social media anymore but when i did even then i would notice that like for some reason i would be talking about something with my husband and then the next day i'd see an ad for it i don't yep. know if i was being influenced and then i thought of it or i thought of it and then they listened to me and posted about it, but yeah, there's just too many coincidences like that. Yeah, the, the smart TVs. I think there was an article earlier this year. I forget the name of the company, but they were giving away TVs in exchange for you to have this advertising kind of a banner that would show up all the time on your screen. So you're getting a free TV, but they get to sell you stuff and probably share all your data. <laughs> It's That's like, do you really want a free TV that badly? No, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's the Ring doorbell cameras. It's the Roomba. The Roomba is now owned by Amazon. And so Amazon likes to surveil for uh, targeting purposes. I mean, they're one of the best when it comes to, oh, you just purchased a hairdryer. You might also like all of these products down here below. Totally. So yeah, it's there's so much information out there. But uh, yeah, oh, made overall... I guess I think it's a, it's a positive experience here. People seem to be open-minded about privacy and protecting themselves, and, and that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so. And about you, your journey is continuing. Are you are you <laughs> yes. moving more to the extreme side, or do you think <laughs> you're kind of I'm happy in this little place that I am at, at right now? I'm probably slowly moving more towards the data security side. Everything from I mean, the spam emails are frustrating. So even that's a benefit of not giving out your email just to keep your inbox less cluttered all the way to the, you really just don't know who's trying to get your info or what they might do with it. Yeah. Always a little concerned about that. Yeah. And the spam stuff is, I just didn't realize this until about a year ago that 
it's actually can be sometimes a bad thing to click opt out on those emails or unsubscribe because some of those emails that are coming from the really hardcore spammers who are doing really bad stuff with your data, yeah. once they see that you've clicked that, then it's like, oh, it's a real person. Now I'm really <laughs> yeah. going to go all in. Yeah. And I just cannot get rid of them. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I see the same thing with my cell phone. You get those spam calls and as soon as you answer one, then then they know it's a live number and you're going to get a lot more. Yeah, it's happened yeah. a lot on the phone too. I'm getting a lot of spam texting now, you mm-hmm. know, like a phishing for some made up bank or whatever saying your account was hacked and oh, click yeah. here to give us your, all your information so we can fix mm-hmm. it. I'm like, I don't have an account with them and I didn't even know that bank was real. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten at least two of those text messages this month. Really? So yeah, from like the credit unions and all sorts of things that I know I don't have loans at. Crazy, so. crazy, crazy. Well, yeah, I appreciate your time. Anything else you wanted to add? Any uh, words of wisdom or just uh, having a good time here uh, seeing all the crafts and tasting the food? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I have many wise (laughs) words to add, but (laughs) probably just like you never know, you know, things that you might be posting online innocently. You never know where they might end up. And it's always better to share with as few people as possible so that the risk of things getting out in the world is minimized. So, and I think my pseudo is very helpful in that. 100%. Yeah. Compartmentalize your digital life. Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda, thanks for your time. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. And we've got Connor, who is with Anonymy Labs. What's going on, Connor? Nothing much. Just enjoying the festivities of the Pinners Conference in Sandy, Utah. Yes. And you were here yesterday. This is day two, right? Yes. Yes, I have been here all day and all day yesterday. It is uh, quite the turnout. Lots of people here. Lots of people to inform about privacy. And you were talking to uh, quite a few people here at the booth yesterday, pretty much all day. These are 10-hour days. Yes. if, If people are not familiar with the event. So it was long and it's constant. Like there's really no lull in the attendee traffic here. What were you, uh, what's kind of your read as you were talking to people about their perceptions on privacy? So I would say in the light of pinners, people are very excited to get in here and start shopping. So privacy isn't the first thing on their mind, but as they stop by our booth and talk to us and as we kind of explain the benefits of my pseudo it's really connecting and i think we're really helping out a lot of people here it's really great that we're able to be up towards the front we can kind of show off the benefits of my pseudo and get them started so they can at least have one pseudo mail to use throughout the conference anybody ever ask you why are you at pinners What's the connection, right? We get a lot of looks like uh, this. <laughs> this looks like kind of a sore thumb out here. We're right next to a, a gingerbread booth. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, it's a little bit of a, we seem a little out of place, but as we get talking, people start to understand. This is your first time at Penners? Oh, yes. I had no idea. You know, I've said this before. I, I, I just cannot imagine how huge this event is. You can tell that there are people who've been thinking about this for a whole year. Yeah, you can see our booth is uh, quite close to the entrance, and you can see as people come in, they look like they are on a mission. They know who yes. is here. And, you know, for people like me and you, Rich, we could walk the floor and not even remember who we saw. Yes. You know, so it is uh, quite a unique group of people, I would say. Um, probably people I wouldn't talk to unless I was here. So it's cool to get these different perspectives, though. Again, you know, the, the mission here, what we're trying to do 
is expand the reach of the conversations about privacy. And in this particular case, like you said, it, it's this knowledge gap. And so can't scare people. We try to find some common ground. People use Roombas. They use ring uh, doorbell cameras, a variety of smart devices. Everybody's got a smartphone. You have to find that connection with each individual. And then there's usually a story to tell somewhere. We talked about previously, we did a privacy class last night and one of the people in the audience said that her baby monitor had been hacked and she found out because somebody started talking into it. And that's what gets people to change their minds, right? Everybody in there had a story to tell. And I think that's when you talk to people coming by the booth, if they haven't really had that event yet, that's kind of the starting point. Yeah. And it seems like most people these days at least know someone who has had a story like that happen, but the call to action doesn't really happen until it happens to themselves is what we're finding out here. And we're kind of trying to communicate that you need to be on top of it now. Kind of think of it as insurance. You don't have insurance because you think you're going to get in a car accident. You get it to be there just in case and to keep yourself safe and make sure everything's in check. Yeah. And so having a product like MySudo can really help prevent any serious damage that can come if you're not careful. You've walked some of the floor here. Have you seen giveaways? Yes, yes, I have seen quite a lot of giveaways. Right across from us is actually three-in-one giveaways, what it looks like from RC Willie. They are giving away, it seems to be, like about three rooms of furniture. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it requires an email. That that one actually requires email, phone number, and home address. Oh, really? I, I went and signed up for it. Luckily, I had my pseudo-information. Sure. So. Yeah, and that's been a great way to communicate like, hey, if you're interested in this, like set up your pseudo really quick and go fill that out. And, and just for people, I guess, who are not uh, local here to Utah, RC Willie is a giant furniture store. Yes. Yeah, and a little expensive too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went in there one time. Yeah, there's some pricey things in there. Yeah, I've only shopped in the clearance section myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think overall, it's just that constant challenge. It's why you really have to have the boots on the ground out here talking to people and just exploring those conversations with individuals to see what is it that kind of gets that light bulb to go on. Exactly. And it could be a number of things, right? It's yeah. just, it's, it could be a whole host of things. And a lot of people here too have got children and that changes your perspective on life when you have kids. I was just about to say that there's a wide variety of ages here. We have talked to people who are much older in their lives. We've talked to people who have their families here and we've talked to younger people as well. So it's just finding that right connection, as you said, to, you yeah. know, what will connect with them and resonate with them in terms of their privacy. Okay, so what about the shopping, right? We talk about giveaways, but the big deal going on here on the floor at Pinners is people are just buying. Oh, yeah. So I would say for as many giveaways that are happening right now, there's about double the booths that are doing shopping features and selling their products. Every time you use that card, that's an additional ping on your digital exhaust. So I think just another way we can resonate with people here. Yeah, a lot, lot of shopping going on for, for sure. I think the thing to really think about mostly is, as we've said in the privacy class too last night, is just what is the trade-off for basically transferring that information to somebody else, sharing it with somebody else. You have to stop and ask yourself that question. Is it worth it? Right. That's really the constant barometer that you have to use. 
There's so many opportunities to hand out information. Is it necessary? And if you have to give it, if there is, I guess, a carrot there dangling in front of you, then use an alternate email address or phone number. Exactly. Again, that's where MySuda comes in. Exactly. Ideally, we wish that all the attendees could have already had a pseudo set up for pinners with a virtual card, its own number, its own email. And then after that, they could just delete the pseudo and that's that. And no one can track it back to them and they're all safe and they still get everything they wanted from pinners. Yeah. And going back to the, the topic too about children, we did have somebody mention or she asked a question during the privacy class yesterday. How do you navigate this, the choppy waters of if your kids are downloading apps? Yeah. Is it, oh, I mean, there's so many apps and a lot of them are problematic. There's vectors in for cyber attacks. But the question is, is like, how do you navigate that? And it's tough, but it changes people's mindsets. Once yeah. they have children involved, now they become more protective. And so you, you kind of go down that path. And I think we've talked to a lot of people over the last year where that seems to be a turning point for them too, as they become parents. Yeah. And the, and the way that she explained it in the class yesterday, and it's something that majority of younger people wouldn't even look at, was the permissions within the app of what data they were taking. And it was their child's Kindle, Amazon Fire, whatever it may be, what they were using. And she had asked, what would you do in this situation? And luckily, there are services such as VPNs out there, you know, paid VPNs, that is. <laughs> <laughs> True. Again, if it's free. You're yeah, the product. You're the product. Yeah, it's common sense. It's thinking through things. You know, I know the privacy policies are very long. Who wants to read that? Right. But if you're serious about it, you do have to go through it and, and make sure there's everything is okay with you. And if yep. it's not, then opt out. Yeah, you got to take the time to read through those things and be careful. A lot of the apps on these app stores are problematic. I think I remember reading about VPNs. Like a whole host of VPNs are sold on app stores are just, just scary, scary, yeah. especially the free ones, of course. You just got to be careful with any app that is free out there. And just think about it logically, too. Like, what does this business get from a free app? Yeah. Like, just think about it for a second and it starts to click. And that's that's kind of one of the things that really started to click privacy for me. And I guess before you, I let you go because the lunch arrived and I can mm -hmm. tell you're you're losing focus. <laughs> Gotta eat. Uh, one more thing. So you've been here in Anonymy now for how, how long has it been? Five months. It's been five months. Five months in like a week. So in that period of time, I'm just I'm curious to know. I mean, have you changed a little bit of your behavior now? Oh, definitely. I my main use factor is it within my pseudo is just that email. It is so lovely to use. Most things that I would just avoid signing up, those like, get the, sign up for this and you get this benefit, but it's like, you don't want to give away your personal email. Like now I can finally reap those benefits without like facing the consequences, which is awesome. And yeah, even the VoIP number has been awesome for me when you need a number for whatever reason. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. I appreciate Rich. it. Yeah. Thanks for taking some time to uh, talk to me, Connor. Bye. And your name is Olivia. Olivia, great to have you on the show. And Thank you. you. Yeah, and this is your, I guess you said this is your first Pinners. It is, actually. Okay. I mean, I, I have the app and I love it, but I've never been to the conference here. Oh, wow. That's cool. And what do you think about uh, privacy? It's a little intimidating, I yeah. guess, the conversation of it today. 
it's funny because, you know, our approach we've been telling people is we're trying to expand the message, grow the footprint so people just understand in general what their risk exposure could be. Because I think a lot of it is just yeah. education. Yeah. You know, people just they don't really know what's going on. And there's a lot of activity. Shopping seems to be a big theme here, of course, at Penner's. And people are exchanging information and entering giveaways. So I guess you've walked the floor. What have you seen? Uh, I've entered one or two giveaways so far, but yeah. it, it's spectacular here. I'm I'm quite impressed. And generally speaking, have you been kind of cautious about handing out your information? I I guess I I don't really think about it, which is not the best. Yeah. I'm sure, but. It's common. I mean, you're in a in a big boat, as they say. It's very right, common. Right. Uh, that's how. That's kind of how this usually plays out. But I was talking to uh, somebody before this in the privacy class that we did. A lot of people were in that class because something happened to them. One person right. said that somebody started speaking into their baby monitor, who was oh, you know, uh, oh no, uh, yeah, a hacker. And then some other people had some identity theft issues. That's usually what changes the the game for people, right? right. What about I think, what about overall your your relationship with technology? Are you using, in addition to your smartphone, are you using smart devices at home? Yes, yes. Our world is on smart devices today, and I think it's quite hard not to be on it and not to use it day to day in your life, but I, I don't want that to happen to me. Have a horrible experience, then need to become private once it's too late, of course. Yeah, no question about it. And people love the convenience. Roombas, who doesn't like the vacuum right, cleaner that vacuums? Yeah, I know, but I, I still push mine manually. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I don't like vacuum cleaners with cameras and sensors. The, right. I mean, the, you don't think about that day to day. You're just buying it because it sounds so great. And yeah. until you have that reminder, there's a camera in your vacuum cleaner. It's scary. Yes. Yeah, that's true. You know, the ring doorbell cameras, that's another one. Oh, cars. Yes. Cars are becoming hotspots and Bluetooths and Wi-Fis. Yes. And, and I'm sure you're probably driving a more modern vehicle. Yes, yes. Yeah. It has the Bluetooth. And I honestly don't think about the connection to my phone to that. Yep. I mean, can that track to my phone? You're saying the Bluetooth? Yes. Yeah. 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 Cars have computers inside. Uh, many of the modern ones even have SIM cards, basically, just like a phone. Got the so-called black box. It's just like an, an airplane would, you know, to right. track all the data. Right. location and things yep. like that to, for maps, yep. for example. But how does that track to, I guess they sell your information from yep. interesting. Yeah. You know, there's, a, we was talking about in the privacy class last night that, there's a lot of talk about the model changing. We're just selling you the car that now the car is going to become a commodity and that we are going to just sell your information. And so the profit comes from selling your data, which is all that behavioral information, where you drive, when you drive, where you're going, how often do you drive. All, I mean, there's listening devices in cars now. There's sensors, cameras. Tesla's got cameras everywhere. What a scary thought. It is. What a world, huh? I kind of wish, uh, I want to go back to the 80s. What do you think? I mean, I I would love to live in the 80s, I guess, with that whole philosophy of, you know, you're not being watched yeah. <laughs> all the time. Or just go back to the Middle Ages. <laughs> <laughs> so you've walked, I guess, most of the floor here. This is your second day at Pinners? Yes. And I guess aside from the privacy stuff, any interesting takeaways that you've seen so far here? I mean, it's incredible just how many crafty booths and activities that are going on here. But 
I mean, I did not think I was going to be copping on a podcast today about privacy <laughs> when I came to Pinterest today. So a lot of do-it-yourself stuff. There's yeah. like classes going on. Yeah. I saw the sewing class in the back. There's painting. I think there was there's some classes on how to take pictures. Oh, the classes are incredible. And you're saying you did a privacy class yes. yesterday. Yeah, wow. we did one last night. Yes. And again, I know it's kind of a change of pace. It's not really necessarily the theme of Penner's. But, you know, people were there and they were taking charge of their privacy. Uh, so it was encouraging. Yeah. I love the, the build your privacy that you have listed, you know, to not make it so scary. That's kind of what drew me in here. Because yeah. I was curious, you know, how do you build your privacy? And have you had any, I guess, scary moments with your with your data? I've had some where you get an email saying, oh, this has been compromised or this password might have been hacked and it's of course scary and I just try to just change my password and watch out or fraud emails at times and sometimes it's scary when you don't know if it's real or if it's not because they do such a great job at mimicking the companies you use and your name and so it's quite an easy trap but thankfully I have never had a credit card being stolen or something too scary but of course I've heard of many people who have had accounts hacked or instances like that now what about from a uh, female perspective the idea that you could link personal safety with data privacy oh yes, I mean, yes, what, yes. I mean what, what are some measures you take to protect your personal safety it's fascinating that you say that because for my phone and when i'm giving out my phone number or my email at certain booths i mean like today for example i'm not thinking about that but then when I'm put in situations where I might feel like I'm personally not safe if a man seems a little bit intimidating or something doesn't set right that's typically when I'm more hesitant to give a phone number or an email and try to be more cautious like that but my guards up a little bit I don't think about it and I know that's not the best approach do you use my pseudo I, I have never heard of the you, app until you've never today. heard of it no yeah it's fascinating. I'm excited to start using it. And So when it comes to personal safety, what are some things that are on the top of your mind? Time of day, mm -hmm. I guess, when you travel. Of I mean, course. sometimes I'm stupid. I'll make late night runs to the grocery store yes, and we yes. know that could be dangerous. It's fascinating you say that as a man. I think you don't have the same guards up when you're doing errands late at night or filling up your gas tank or small things daily actions that we might not realize but as a woman you're hesitant to go do things late at night or being alone you don't want to walk from your car to or from alone or pepper spray i, yeah. I feel every woman might have pepper spray yeah what about when you go to parties i mean you've got guys that come up to you and i don't know your relationship status whatever but you go out somewhere and then somebody is very insistent or persistent right. about getting a phone number yes. and and it's horrible that that's the approach that we do today but that's why honestly was one of my big interests to this app is the phone number feature because i think as women especially when you are put in positions where they're intimidating and you almost just want to give something out to get them to go away and oftentimes you know you don't want to come off rude and of course, that's not the best tendency to just be rude sometimes and tell them to back off. But I think when they do ask, oh, did you get my message? That's when especially you kind of have this app and say, oh, yeah, sure, I got your message. And he might not know later if I delete it. And it's just a mental, I think, a mental blanket to kind of know, oh, it's like a security blanket, yeah, you know. Of course. Yeah, I think that the most important thing that we always like to fall back on is it's your data. 
Right, right. You own it. And it's up to you to determine who you want to share that information with. And And it's how fascinating until someone approaches you. That's when you're hesitant to give it out, but you don't realize day to day you're giving it out left and right. Yeah. Wow. This is kind of, I guess, your first time to really think about privacy in the digital space. Yeah. And you probably came here with, I guess you had other goals. You were going to attend a few classes and maybe see what some of the new products are. A lot of local companies here today. Yeah, I'm fascinated to just put in my new pseudo email and go to a giveaway or two and just track to see how many new emails that come from it just to see who sold my information even at something as small as a pinner's local you know booth or local company that your email sign up is fascinating it's empowering isn't it absolutely yeah well that's good i'm gonna have to try that yeah okay anything else you got uh, before we uh, let you go and because uh, again there's still several hours left but it's a big floor to cover absolutely rich i really appreciate your time thank you so much thank you so much olivia i appreciate your time uh, enjoy the show thank you and your name caleb caleb good to meet you and is this your first pinners yeah awesome mm-hmm. and what do you think it's pretty cool i'm here with my wife so it's good to be with her and see a lot of fun things. Very cool. I know a lot of people walk by the booth and they're like, wow, a privacy company at the Pinners Conference, right? It doesn't quite fit into that theme. But, you know, everybody's walking the floor and there's shopping going on. They're exchanging information. There's entries uh, for giveaways, drawings. I mean, where are you in terms of privacy in general? Do you think much about it? I think I think about it Maybe more in an abstract sense than I do a really personal sense. I'm a student right now and I study political science. Oh, awesome. So I think a lot about how governments and privacy interact and law related to how companies can buy and sell your data. And that's a little scary. But I also see how sometimes I don't take the personal steps in my own life to actually address those problems that I know exist. Yeah, we, uh, we did a privacy class actually in the, the hall number eight just outside here last night. It was encouraging to see so many people in there, especially in a conference like this, is more for crafting because they are concerned, but most people have had something happen, right? Like we had somebody that said their baby monitor got hacked and they wow. heard a person speaking into it. People have had their identity stolen. So I think for a lot of people, it takes like that moment, right? Something takes place and you get your identity stolen or whatever, but have you ever had any scary moments at all in, in related to your personal data or anything getting stolen or identity? A couple of things, just minor, nothing really scary. I've had my bank send my debit card to the wrong house oh. and then someone just started using it. They were oh. just able to activate oh, it and use good. it. And then two years ago, I fell for a phishing email through my work, someone impersonating my boss and <laughs> getting me to put in some credentials. So, Oh, no. What, what, was yeah. the, uh, what was the end game? Was it they were trying to get you to go buy gift cards and then give them the, the cash? Or? I don't fully know. It was literally someone impersonating my boss with a fake email. I was, I was new on the job. And so I entered in my credentials because I worked for my school. And so I put in my uh, school login and then immediately I had to change it and everything. So thankfully, nothing super serious came of it. But they probably had my university login for a couple minutes. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> so. we've seen a lot of those phishing attempts like that where uh, it looks like an email's coming from your boss. Right. And then a couple of cases I've seen this. You need to go to the store and buy some gift cards. Sure. And then just scratch off the pen and sure. just tell us what it is, right? Yeah, I've had <laughs> friends or people fall for that. Thankfully, I never fallen for one of those yet but <laughs> what, what, what about uh, privacy products in general do you use uh, like a vpn for instance no uh, i don't i i've wanted to i've been interested in it 
Yeah. Although sometimes the appeal has seemed more like, oh, I can watch Netflix in yeah. the UK or something like that to change my location. It's more for entertainment <laughs> sure. purposes. Could be sure, but yeah. I do think that the security aspect is more important. <laughs> what about uh, password managers? Ever ever use those? Or No, not really. I'm okay. not really familiar with those. Private browsing? Uh-huh. Are you conscious of that? Maybe when you're online searching for terms and things? And- yeah, I do that. And it's sometimes when I'm just signing up for all the mindless websites that need you to make a login. I have like a completely separate email that doesn't have my name on it, right? Oh, good for you. Yeah. It's like just my login email. Oh, that's good. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because that's one thing too we're trying to educate people on is, is there's so many that have been using the same email address and phone number for years and years. <laughs> and over time, yeah. that becomes this identifier that builds this big giant profile in your life. Sure. And of course, advertisers love to use that to predict what you're going to do tomorrow. Big surveillance, you call them surveillance capitalism companies like Amazon and Google will use that. They'll sell it, of course, to advertisers who will pay a pretty penny to have that information. Basically guarantees a result, which is you click on an ad and buy a product. Sure. But yeah, it's good to hear that people are aware of that. I'm glad to hear that you're on that path too. What about communications apps? Have you ever thought about using a privacy type app? I mean, whether it's MySudo, WhatsApp, whatever it might be, Signal, Telegram. Yeah, I have never really used them, just honestly for convenience sake. Just, yeah. oh, it's way easier to just use iMessage. But I'm open to learning like the pros of more secure networks. I guess just one more thing, if I can let you go, because there's so much going on here. Yeah, this sure. is crazy today. How do you kind of feel about your knowledge level of privacy? Let's just say if it was on a scale of one to seven, where, mm-hmm. we, you know, seven being you feel really knowledgeable and maybe one is like you're just starting out. Where do you kind of feel if you were to do a self-assessment? Honestly, I'd say I'm at like a three. I don't feel very knowledgeable, especially when it comes to my personal life. Okay. I could tell you about some big news stories like Cambridge Analytica or oh, yeah. like, yeah. you know, data breaches for Wells Fargo or whatever. But it, when it comes to my personal life, I'm not as informed. Very cool. And you're going into politics, it sounds like. Maybe. I, I'm applying to law schools. So, oh, okay. Yeah. See where that takes me. Maybe we'll get you to work <laughs> in uh, privacy law. That would be cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to leave us with before we let you go? Not really, but I think this was really interesting and an important booth to have. So, All right. Well, thank yeah. you for your time, Kelly. Yeah, thank you. And we've got Maddie here. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. You've been with Anonymy now for over a year, right? Yeah, I started last August, I think. Yeah. So now it's November. And you did the Bridal Expo with us back in May, I think it was. Yeah, it was really fun. This show here at the Pinners is way bigger way bigger i did not know so many people were into this stuff like i love it and i had never heard of it so it's a really cool experience and i would actually come again even if we didn't have a booth here yeah i think that by far this is probably the largest show i've been to it's like what thirty thousand people they said come yeah we're here on saturday this is day two and they're long days 10 hours yep it's like we got here at 8 30 to have people come at nine today and then we'll be here till seven when people leave so and you, you kind of helped out at, during the privacy class that we had yesterday at 5 p.m. Did you get any interactions at, at all with anybody there in the room coming or going? Yeah, people were really surprised with just how privacy affects them. I think, of course, people know about scammers, but I don't think they don't really understand how, I guess, often you could get scammed in your life. It's not just with emails and all of that. You can just get scammed even through your apps and all of that. It's just really scary. And I think people took a lot from it. They were taking pictures of the slides. They were asking a lot of questions. And I think they learned a lot on how to protect themselves from now on. Because most of them seemed like normies like me that just didn't really know a lot and they didn't know where to start. So I think 
that class kind of helped as a base. So then they yeah. can just go from here and hopefully learn more. You heard a big gasp. It was like a collective gasp when that one lady mentioned about a baby monitor she yes. had being hacked into with the guy that talking through it. So that's sad and scary. I didn't hear though. What did she say? So she said her baby monitor got hacked. Yeah. How did she find out it got hacked? She heard the voice, the hacker talking <gasps> through the monitor to the baby. To the baby? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't hear that. Yeah. I heard the gasp, but then I just felt bad in general that it was hacked. That'd be so creepy. But so that, see, that's the things that get people's attention finally. For sure. But it sucks that it has to get to that point. Yeah. That's where we're trying to be proactive. But I think privacy is just intimidating. And at least for me, it's like, well, I've come this far in life that I don't need it. Like no one's going to care about my information. But I think we are kind of the low hanging fruit for them that it is easy just to take it. So we just have to be careful no matter who you are. You don't have to be an influencer or celebrity. So, yeah, lots of stories. I mean, it seems like everybody in that class probably was affected in some way. And that's what drove them to be curious and attend. You've had a chance to walk the floor. What have you seen? A lot of giveaways. There's a lot of shopping. I mean, it's mainly a huge shopping event. Yeah. Even the first day I got here, I guess yesterday, we are kind of looking around and I love giveaways. I'm obsessed with them. That's why I use my pseudo for that reason too. And I entered probably four giveaways in the first, like, I don't know, 10 minutes and I was Did you? here. <laughs> and so it was just nice because I just used my giveaways email for my pseudo. And so, yeah, if I win, it'll be great. But if I don't, yeah. I'm probably going to get marketing emails from them, which is fine. But I could just delete that pseudo after if it gets too overwhelming. So let me guess. Did you enter to win that full kitchen over there at RC Willie? Of course. And the mattress and the TV, <laughs> all of it. You know me. <laughs> that is nice. It's the whole thing, right? The kitchen. The whole kitchen. The, the bed. Yeah, the TV, bed, yeah. the TV. And I think there is another one. Like, I don't know if it was just furniture. I don't know. It's on the other side. Yeah. Awesome. That's pretty cool. And it, it is so cool to our location. I, I would love to say that I planned it like this, but you know, just being two booths behind uh, Pinterest here. I know we are in a prime spot and I keep telling people it's perfect because we want to catch them before to try to get them to use my pseudo for yeah. the giveaways so they don't get a lot of spam after the conference. Again, this is day number two of this event, two day event. You have been working the booth now for probably... Oh boy, three, five, maybe 15 hours in yeah. total. I mean, this is a long, long mm -hmm. event. You've had a lot of conversations with people just passing by. Anything that you can, maybe that stands out to you, that's any takeaways regarding those conversations about privacy you can think of? Yeah, like I said before, I think with the normies, I think it's hard to get people to the booth because when they see privacy, they're like, oh, that's not really for me. But then when we explain how you can even just start with spam, everyone has an email. Everyone probably has maybe two emails and one of them being yeah. a spam email. But you might have given that email out to be something more important like healthcare, banking. So you can't delete it, but then you still get all this spam that you just don't want to deal with. And it's so easy to get hacked because you have to use it for everything else. So I think people are more drawn to using a different email when thinking like, oh my gosh, I do use one for everything. And it can be so easy to get hacked and then everything can be lost. And so it kind of resonated with people to be able to organize their life with different pseudos. And that's kind of when people wanted to download it and just kind of use one even just for pinners so that they could recognize, okay, these emails coming through is just for the pinner stuff, maybe the giveaways I had. And if they don't want to use it again, it doesn't affect any of their important stuff in their life. And I'm trying to think, 
Yeah, it is tough because everybody has a different slice of life, the way they view things. I know. You're having to find what is that one little trigger point that gets people to, like the light bulb goes on, like, oh, I get it. Well, I think another one was my coworker, Hisula. She was saying how dating, too, like if it was we were talking to women especially, because I've dealt with this before with you get asked your number and yeah you can give a fake one but sometimes mm-hmm. they're very aggressive and they're like oh did you get the text if they text you right then and there and sometimes you just want to get out of the situation so you want to give just phone number maybe for my pseudo so then after you leave you could just delete it and they never can contact you again yeah and that resonated with some women as well like they're like oh my gosh that's happened to me and it's sad how that can happen but at least we have something that can prevent it that was pretty good for some people as well is there like an overarching takeaway? I mean, you've had a lot of conversations. Everybody's got varying degrees of interest. Obviously, we're giving away a cricket, which I didn't even know what that was until about three, four weeks ago. <laughs> People want to get the free stuff. And then you use that as a segue into the conversation about privacy in general. But what is the mindset? A lot of people yeah. are coming in here with a mission, obviously. They come in here. They've got a class they want to go to. They're yeah. going straight to a booth. I think the cricket, of course, is the flashy thing that we're trying to get people to come to our booth because if they look just at our booth, yeah, it's a pretty cool booth, I will say. But I don't think, like I said, the word privacy is enough to bring them in. Once they're in, most people say it's pretty interesting. They're like, oh, I had no idea about all this stuff. But I think, of course, any giveaway is going to be a good way to pull people into your booth or free samples or stuff like that. So I think that gets people at first, unless they're just kind of stopped and they're looking straight at it. They say, what are you guys selling? And then that could be a good segue as well. But mostly, I think people come from the cricket. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way trade shows work in general. There's a lot of attempts at employing some kind of a gimmick to get the traffic and then in hopes of having a conversation switch over to the actual product. which it makes sense. I mean, even for me, I also kind of feel like I need to listen now because I'm like, well, they just gave me something free, like a sample, and then (laughs) it kind of persuades you. They tell you more about the product, and you're like, you know what? I do need this. We just want to show people how they could use it even right here today. And so if we need to use a cricket for that, then sure. I mean, just to kind of help people protect their information. So, and I've mentioned this, we had a conversation, I think it was the last interview or the one before. The official statistics produced by Pinner's conference is it's like at least 90% of the audience here is female. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out that messaging again. This yeah. is one of those elusive things is what's the messaging that resonates the most for a female audience when it comes to privacy? And what are your thoughts on that? And is it better approach to talk about personal safety too and connect those two things together? I think safety is probably more important because sadly, like I said, our whole lives, I think we're taught just to be safe when you go outside, when you go to new places, if you're by yourself. And so I think that's just ingrained in our heads. And so if you talk about how this is an app also to protect your safety, I think that just clicks with you. Like, yeah, this is something that I need because that's just what we were taught so i think privacy and safety do go hand in hand so if they get pulled in by the safety aspect i still think it works i think that's a kind of a good base kind of like with the cricket how it brings them in if safety does i think that's even better because it really does protect your safety and then we'll just explain how privacy goes hand in hand with that yeah it's tough because again everybody's got a different a situation and so you're trying to figure out what that touch point is Yeah, the educational process, I think, it's not an easy one for sure. No, it can be intimidating. And we even tell people and they're like, yeah, it just seems like a lot of people use fear as a tactic. And we don't want to do that. And that's why we come to things like this, because we want to see more approachable. And that's why we use a giveaway. And we're like, just come talk to us. 
We're not trying to scare you into getting our app. We just want you to maybe understand that's what the class was for. We're just trying to put it all out there, all the facts, and then you could do what you want with it. We feel like it's good to start building your privacy, but we just kind of want to be a source for those people to come to. Yeah, as I'm sitting here right now, I'm watching more people approach. So it takes some effort for sure. I think a lot of this is just going to be boots on the ground. For sure. I think we need to do more of these things. And then I think we'll start understanding what resonates with people. Yeah, awesome. And you miss your sister. I know she had surgery, but hopefully she'll be back soon and healthy. And then she can get on and do another episode. It won't be about a wedding this time, but we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, she was awesome. She was a great conversation at the Bridal Expo. Well, I guess we've got how many more hours until this thing closes? It closes at closes 7 at today. It's at 7, so. Just under four hours. Yeah. And the teardown of this booth is going to be fun. Oh, God. <laughs> it took three hours to set up, so we'll see if we can cut that in half. <laughs> any, any parting words before we let you go? You said you'd come back, so you did like the event. That's good. Well, I guess, okay, two parting words. Yes, I will come back to Pinner's. So fun. Love crafty things. Second is, I hope later on I will be back to talk about some maybe crime stories and how we want to do a segment with that. So stay tuned. Oh, yeah. That's a hint at some kind of a true crime (laughs) theme coming. We'll leave it at that. All right, Maddie, thanks for your time. Thanks. And welcome. Your name is? Heidi. Heidi, good to meet you. Thank you. And so it sounds like you've been to Pinner's many times. Oh, a few. (laughs) I guess, first of all, just on the show, how does this compare to other shows in past years? It's a lot bigger. Is it? It seems a lot bigger. Yeah, parking was a mess. Parking was crazy. Oh, yes. Insane. Took me half an hour to find a spot. And let me see. So you've probably walked the floor a few times where you were here yesterday. I was here yesterday and we did walk around. We looked at all the booths and I decided to come back today to do some purchasing. So. Okay. So you've been doing some shopping. Did you enter any giveaways? Yeah, I entered one with a pseudo. (laughs) And we've been trying to get people to do that, right? Use an alternate email address. That's a great idea. Yeah. And I think so many people don't seem to think about that just because when it comes to like personal safety and in the present like if you are if you are there in person it seems more real than if it's the digital space because it's just not people hide right i keep telling everybody that i'm talking to i I had a privacy class here in hall eight yesterday at 5 p.m and one of the people in there said that what started her journey down the privacy road is that her baby monitor was hacked she heard somebody talk into the baby monitor and everybody had their own story sure And I think that's what it takes for people before they realize, oh, the world is not as innocent as you think. (laughs) What about you? What do you think about privacy overall? Well, I'm a very private person and I try not to do a lot of the giveaway things just because I don't want a lot of nonsense emails coming in or spam. Have you ever had any uh, stories like identity theft or credit cards getting hacked? Um, I haven't had anything like that. We did have our house broken into. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. Oh, not good at all. No, they took our checkbooks. That's it. (laughs) Well, at least you're okay. Yes. That's the main thing. Yes. Do you feel like over time you've become more concerned about privacy? Yes. Yeah. We do have children. And with that, as they were little, I did not even want anybody posting their pictures on Facebook or Instagram, just because I've heard of other people that have had their accounts hacked and they've taken those pictures and used them for pornography. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of things change for people, I think, when they have children. Oh, the whole view of just 
pretty much everything, I guess. We've heard stories too. We had somebody related to uh, one of our employees who had their, I guess their face was taken online and then put onto like a naked body mm-hmm. or something. And then they use that to try to extort money from them. Yes. And it's just the stories like that is crazy. I hate to be jaded, but it does give you that feeling sometimes about you can't trust anybody. Yeah. You know, when you were little, your young parents said, don't talk to strangers. And now with my children, when they got their cell phones, that if anybody texts you that you don't know, do not ask them who they are. Just say wrong number and block that in a call. Don't let that number come back in again. Yeah. And I'm seeing more uh, spam coming through my phone, oh too, my now. gosh, me too. Yeah. Which, Pornography spam. It's horrible. Yep. It's crazy. Do you feel like you're still continuing to become more private or are you kind of in that sweet spot where you like to be? Oh, no, I'm very private. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I don't like people to know my business. I don't post on Facebook. I don't post on Instagram. That's a good thing. Yeah. So we have family outside of the state, but I just, I don't, I don't post anything. And I see people posting, oh, we're in Italy. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you telling people you're out of town? Yeah. Social media, um, a lot of good seems to come out of that. (laughs) Not only that, but you've got declining mental health with teenagers, Instagram. Mm -hmm. I mean, as soon as Instagram came online around, what was it, 2011, you could see the graph, the reported cases of mental illness went up. It's not a great tool. And then they're also selling your data too, by the way. If it's free, they're making money somehow. Somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, good. Appreciate taking the time. Anything you wanted to tell us or words of wisdom to pass on? Just be safe out there. Yeah. And I guess enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Yes. All right. Thanks, Heidi. Appreciate your time. And your name is? Savannah. Savannah. Good to meet you. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. This is my first Pinners. Can you believe it? (laughs) I mean... I wouldn't believe it, but I feel like you, you seem like you're doing good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've, I've been able to navigate it somewhat. Have you been here before? No, this is my first time. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, it's very busy. That's for sure. There's a lot going on. So many people, but I think there's so much here. So I think it's good. And it looks like you bought some stuff. Yes, I did. I spent way more than I should have. Could I ask? Yeah. I mean, just mainly a lot of jewelry. Uh-huh. I mean... There's so many different boots here, so many cute things that I feel like anyone can really jump in and really enjoy. Yeah, I just, I haven't told my boyfriend exactly how much I spent, so maybe <laughs> keep Did, did, did you try the food? No, not yet, but he's asked me to buy a couple things when I head home so he can come home and just eat it. <laughs> I just I just picked up some amazing olive oil. It's like premium olive yeah. oil. I think it was a uh, bourbon flavor. Oh, interesting. Oh, man, they had 10 year age. <laughs> They've had all kinds of flavors. I feel totally bougie right now. Yeah. <laughs> so on the privacy topic, now I talked a little bit before you got on here. You're not really interested in that too much. And that's probably my guess would be you've grown up pretty much just with the Internet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You think that plays a part in it? I definitely think so. I think also at this point, it's like. Growing up, we see so many like situations where it's like you hear about people having their data stolen and all this stuff. And I just don't think I especially know like people my age. We never really thought like, oh, it's going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. So no one really ever takes it super seriously until it happens. Yeah, you're just you're really comfortable, Mm -hmm. I guess. Just you got the phone, you got your laptop and you use it. Probably for virtually everything now, right? Oh, you, everything. You, you feel like there's something missing if you don't have your phone with you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 
I guess maybe what are some things that you use your smartphone for? Restaurant reviews, I would imagine. Yeah, maps, I mean, reviews, maps. Obviously, communications. Things. Yeah, communication, social media, everything. Do you use any specific type of communications app, or you just use texting? Um, I mainly use texting. I have a lot of family that isn't from the United States, and so uh -huh. sometimes we all have like Messenger, Facebook Messenger, or, or WhatsApp. Yeah, WhatsApp is like a really big one that we all use. I've noticed WhatsApp. Disclaimer: I've been on dating apps in the past, <laughs> and I have used travel mode in the past. And it seems like anyone outside the United States is pretty much on WhatsApp. Yeah, it's a really popular one. I think it's just because everyone uses it everyone has it already yeah so it's like it's super easy for people to communicate that way already because everyone has it and so i, I guess it's safe to say you're not using a vpn or password no. managers anything. Right, <laughs> when it comes to passwords do you typically create new ones for each account or are you sharing sometimes like oh same username password for my bank and my healthcare i mean i i definitely <laughs> use the same one sometimes i'll try to like swap it up and i'll like change the number a little bit but it's always like the same thing i'll just change it by a digit or change it by you know like a special character or something yeah. but overall it's always the same <laughs> I, I i think sometimes it's like you just hope that the companies you're working with have better standards or levels of protection mm -hmm. like a lot of times when i'll log in from a different device they'll get a message that says somebody's logging in from a different device are yeah. you sure this is you even though it's the same credentials yeah and i think sometimes like in my mind i just start getting a little lazy thinking oh all these big businesses they've got that security yeah. cover i don't have to worry about it right have you ever had any credit cards or accounts hacked twitter twitter accounts hacked I social mean, media not social media but actually probably about two years ago don't know how, but my checking account hacked. People were like ordering. You're checking? Yes. I was having people that were ordering a bunch of things on like Xbox, which personally, I don't own an Xbox. <laughs> I don't play the video games. But yeah, no, I was just noticing that there was maybe like $100, $200 going out every single month. And so I called and I was like, hey, what are these like charges? What is it? They're saying, oh, it's like video games and all this stuff. I'm like, well, it's not me. <laughs> that's an unusual one you don't yeah. hear a lot of is i wonder how somebody got access to your checking though. yeah that would require a little bit of sophistication mm -hmm. huh before we start recording too you also mentioned a story about stalking yes maybe you can tell us a little bit about that yeah crazy stuff so i was going to school and while i was in college was studying sports medicine and exercise and so i was interning with the athletic department and as I was interning with the athletic department, I was working really close with a lot of the athletes, football players, volleyball, baseball, basketball, everything. And one of the players so happened that he was injured. I'd worked with him a lot, helping him with his physical therapy and everything. And I just casually started noticing that he'd start showing up outside of my classes. And then oh, wow. he'd start showing up at like restaurants that me and my friends were going to. And then I kind of said it was enough once I noticed so my apartment was off campus and I noticed that all of a sudden he was like showing up. He was hanging out by my car. There was one time where he'd like knocked on my front door and asked my roommate if I was there. And she was like, no, she's not. I was. He's like, no, I see your car. Like she has to be there. And I ended up crawling, like climbing out of the window to go to work. So, no way. Yeah, just because he was following me around. Don't know how he was finding all this stuff, finding out where I was, but um, he found my phone number. He found all my social media. He'd send me Venmo requests asking me to talk, and I'd block him on everything, and he'd make new accounts. It's kind of crazy. Is this like a few years ago? Yeah, it was maybe like two or three years ago. That is insane. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Was there a point when you're like, it's probably time to talk to the authorities or yeah, something? Yeah, I mean, and there was one point where I talked to like the campus police and they're like, he hasn't really done anything yet. He hasn't really expressed any like ill intent or that he's going to hurt you. So yeah. there's really nothing that we can do about it. That was definitely frustrating because I was like, okay, so by the time he does do something, like it'll be too late. Yeah. So it was definitely interesting. <laughs> but in this case, you never even shared a phone number with him. Mm -hmm, he, he just found it. Yeah, I was talking to friends. None of them shared anything with him. They all thought he was pretty creepy. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That is crazy stuff. Those are the kinds of stories that can quickly turn really south fast. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's awful. Awful, awful. Well, I mean, any chance we could get you to become more private down the road? Or are you still kind of like rolling the way you are now? I definitely think it should be something that I should take <laughs> way more initiative in doing, especially just with my personal experiences and having my information stolen before and yeah. being stalked. It definitely is something that I should take a bigger priority in. So I definitely think so. What do you think about the idea on the female perspective, uh, tying in personal safety to personal data? Mm -hmm. Is there, think, you think there's an angle there? Absolutely. I mean, nowadays people can find anything about you from social media, like geotagging, everyone can find that stuff about you. So I think yeah. it's super important, especially for a lot of females to take that initiative to protect ourselves. Cause there isn't always going to be a case where someone else is going to do it. And even though we're thinking that we can trust these companies to protect our data and protect yeah. our information and not share our phone numbers or email addresses, they're going to do it. And so I think taking that initiative to really protect ourselves is super important. Yeah, I was teaching a privacy class last night here at Pinners, and we talked about photos and how not when you're uploading to social media, they usually scrape those. But when you are texting somebody a photo, it has metadata attached to it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't turn off the GPS location part, people can actually find out where you are. Mm -hmm. That location is tied to your photos. And so, again, if you're in a dating scenario, probably not a good idea to be yeah. sharing that unless you've deactivated location tracking. So there's just so much that we're sharing that we just, we just don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what it comes down to with a lot of people. It's not just the email and the phone number you provide. It's all the information that's attached to those exactly. identifiers that is in many cases become the real problem. Yeah. 100%. Anyway, well, cool. I don't want to take any more of your time. I appreciate you stopping by and enjoy the show. Thank you. you too. Okay. Thanks so much, Savannah. All right, and your name is? Artemis. Artemis. Moon landing. I had to say that, sorry. <laughs> and you just literally walked in the door. Sure did. So you're not really necessarily here for pinners, but... Here to I, see the sister. You're here to see the sister. That's awesome. <laughs> and the best friend. <laughs> okay, so what do you think about privacy overall? I mean, I think it's super important, but I don't think people have much of it. <laughs> that's true. You're in the generation that's only grown up knowing the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So phone is a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. If you lost your phone, you'd probably feel like panicky. Yeah. yeah. You'd have a hard time uh, knowing what to do from there. <laughs> Couldn't and call for help. So you probably use your phone for maps and restaurant reviews and communications, mm -hmm. emails, browsing, mm -hmm. shopping, pretty yeah. much everything. Would you say the balance between using a laptop and a mobile device, what's the mix? Are you using more mobile than you use laptop? More mobile for like personal use every day, going out figuring out map-wise, like you mentioned, or yeah. if something's safe for me to eat. And then laptop as well for like more work use, answering emails. Okay. And before we started recording, it sounds like you have an Etsy shop. Yes. 
That's awesome. That's kind of a different world. I have not delved into that yet. Maybe you could talk a little bit about, so you're transacting with strangers, so you're selling items. So there's an opportunity right there for exchange of information and having your data compromised. What kind of protocols, if any, do you go through when you're thinking about what information to share with total strangers? Yeah, I'm still really new to selling, so trying to figure a lot of that out right now and even just trying to figure out what to name my shop. Did I want to add my name for it? Because Artemis is a more unique name and not everyone has that name, but then like still who I am is a big part of that self-marketing and that brand and knowing when to share, when not to share. And especially since I like doing paintings of other people, I always want to at least get their permission before I were to post anything like Uh that includes their face. What do you sell on Etsy? I do a lot of like paintings. I like doing a lot of custom artwork for people. And then have also been recently getting into like etching glasses, a little bit of like a bunch of random things. Very cool. Very cool. I would imagine you have like a separate email address that you use for transacting with with clients. A little bit. I have like one profile set up. Things have kind of gotten too meshed. I probably should have a more separate one now that I'm working on growing it. It is kind of overwhelming getting all the emails into one account. It's hard to keep things separate at times. And what do you think? We've talked to uh, several females about just the messaging around like a communications app for privacy and just about privacy in general. How much do you think personal safety for a female plays into personal data protection? I think it's always on our forefront in our mind, making sure we're safe. Just even like on my like Instagram of my Etsy page, I keep it public so then anyone can message me because I do want that like visibility, but then I still had someone who I've never known reaching out and it almost feels like that scam. And so like having a more secure platform to talk through, even just trying to push like, hey, like I wanna keep all conversation on this, on like the Etsy page, just to make sure you're like, legit or not trying to hack into any of my personal information. Yeah. Selling is a big use case, I think, for my pseudo in general. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's another opportunity to kind of break that link back to your personal identity. You probably got a personal email and a phone number you've used for a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, it's linked to basically every email address. So if anyone were to get into it, they have all of that information. Yeah. Which is scary. <laughs> and now uh, you also mentioned there's a story and it's not necessarily completely directly related to the data privacy side, but it does underscore just general personal safety issues. You had a stalker story to tell. So Yeah, I was a TA in undergrad and one of the students from my class would just always like make sure they came to my office hours, would try to get really close to me because it was an anatomy cadaver lab. And so would just like, would make it seem like he was trying to get in close to see like anatomical structures, but was definitely like trying to just like physically be closer to me or would only ask me questions and would like leave me love notes and- uh, Really? Yes. And had to like talk to my professor to like talk to him because I didn't even feel safe and comfortable staying in my office hours and had to have other TAs come in with me because it's creepy having a man you don't know just try to (laughs) get close to you. Did this individual ever talk to you or- He would talk to me. I would just always try to make excuses to leave. At first, it seemed like fine when I was just answering questions about like homework assignments. And then it just kept going on of, oh, are you seeing anyone? Do you want to go out? And then trying to establish those like clear boundaries of I'm your TA. Like it's not an appropriate thing for us to talk about. And then just keep leaving me letters and 
Was this person in like a group project with you or you just routinely would have to work with this individual? They would just routinely purposely come to my office hours for the class. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hadn't ever met him before. Oh. Just I was his TA. Yeah, I think that just that highlights in general. It's it's a big world out there. and There's a lot of a lot people. of creeps. <laughs> yeah, probably the best way to put it. What about in general overall? I mean, have you found that as you get older that you have become more I guess, cognizant of personal privacy yeah. and data protection. Yeah, I feel like that was definitely one of those initial moments where I was like, okay, there's just a lot of creepy people out there. And then I moved out to Chicago where I was like more on my own, didn't have my family and have that. So I feel like I was really cognizant of yeah. what privacy and personal information is out there for me, like making sure everything is as private as it can because you never know who is going to have a malicious thought and try to do anything. And try to just hack information and it can go so far from there. It seems like the common theme is life events. If something bad did happen to you in the privacy class that we did last night, there were several people that were there because there was something that happened to them that caused them to start thinking differently about it. Or it seems like when people have children, that changes their views too. Mm -hmm. Right now they've got somebody else to think about and they become more protective. So yeah, look at the world differently after you've experienced it or yeah. like you said, have someone else to look after. Yeah. It's very interesting just being at Penner's because there's so much shopping going on here. Everybody's transacting and exchanging personal information with complete strangers. And most of these companies in here are not giant corporations with big privacy policies and IT departments and everything. So you, you kind of wonder how much people think about that. Yeah, it, it's really easy for it just to be an afterthought and not think about it. Yeah. Like there's just so many other key things you're focused on. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks for stopping by. Any words of wisdom before we let you go? Uh, Nothing? <laughs> no. <laughs> no words of wisdom. No. Stay private. Yeah, stay private. And go to the Don't moon. Don't let people stalk you. <laughs> go NASA. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for your time, Artemis. Thanks. Well, that's going to do it for this special bonus episode of Privacy Files. In our next episode, I promise, I really do, we will finally be taking a look at the growing controversy around cars and privacy. Recently, Mozilla published a study of 25 car brands. Every single one failed consumer privacy tests. In fact, the overwhelming majority of car companies studied were found to be reviewing, sharing, or selling data collected from car owners. In some cases, the information being collected will utterly shock you. Until next time, don't forget, privacy is a human right.